Welcome to Most Self-Improved. I am Erin Jensen with my lovely co-host. I'm Nancy Corey. She's the best. I don't let her talk much in the beginning, but we can change that. We can fix that. Most Self-Improved is a podcast book club focused exclusively on self-improvement books. And we invite you to read along and we are rooting for you and however you want to change your life. We both really want this book club podcast to be a community with a lot of engagement and we could just help each other achieve our goals and then feel better knowing other people are in our boat or that we have a support system. This is our third and final episode in our Deeper Than Money series, a personal finance book written by Chloe Lease, who became a millionaire by 27. First, before we turn to that, we're going to talk about wins. We're going to talk about losses. I honestly think my win is that I put the bra on before getting on. The browser computer. wins. Not for the women's live movement, but browser wins. <laughs> for the rest of us. It's just a busy week. I had all these goals. This is the dark side of self-improvement. Just like when you have the goals and then you just don't do them. Yes. That's, that's the only thing. You're like, oh, I will write every day. And then you do it like the first day, but you don't do it yeah. the rest of the days. What were your goals? Was it writing? Yeah, I am trying to get back into that. Such simple things like half an hour a day and like drink a glass of water when I wake yeah. up. <laughs> yes. And? Baby steps. I feel super dehydrated. <laughs> it's 1130. I've put on vegan leather. I haven't had a sip of water today. I've only had tea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink some right now. This is progress. 30 minutes a day of writing and water. Why were you unable to do those things? I don't know. I was ignoring you my know, alarm. You know, you <laughs> know. I was ignoring the alarm. I was staying up too late doing useless things. So your plan was to do it in the morning, set, get up earlier and write. Yeah, that is okay. always the goal. Maybe yeah. I should switch the time. I don't know if that's the problem. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to get up at 7.30 and have an hour before work yeah. starts. Instead, I'd get up at 8.55 and <laughs> get on my first work. Put on a bra, maybe. Okay. So why not the water? I don't know. That feels real easy, huh? That is where I'm like, I feel like no, I'm I feel just asking. And I'll go, in, I'll go into my areas of improvement. We'll spin it. But when I, I was doing this habit app for a while, which sounds bad to say I quit the habit app, but I quit the habit app. Then <laughs> I quit it because it was like parts were very repetitive and it felt a little cheesy. But the first thing they do, because however many like changes you want to make, you want to start small and you can't do it all at once. So the first thing they had you do was... You can bottle water or whatever, but you go to bed with it. Basically, it's right on your nightstand every night. So in the morning, you have no excuse because one of the thoughts right of habit is you have to minimize whatever resistance. So if you want to go to the gym in the morning, you pick out your clothes beforehand. You want to write in the morning, maybe your computer is like, I mean, you have a, a man in the bed with you, but I, I would sleep with my computer because I can't. <laughs> Just sleep with it. Have it open, the light shining directly on your face. But yeah, I will. I will. So does that feel like something you can do or that you want to do? I mean, the water, I think it's really easy just to go to bed with water every night. I should. I feel that like I try easy. to do that sometimes, but I, I need to be better. Full glass. You don't have to be better. Just if you want to do your goal. Isn't that so interesting? You think a glass in the water in the morning is going to make you better. It is. I feel like it will. <laughs> What's in this glass of water? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Magic. I don't know. <laughs> Like you, I stumbled. One of the things I thought was great about Chloe's book, and we will get into the book, dear listeners, but I got the spend plan for your money was so much better than budget because it felt less restrictive. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I should have a time spend plan instead of a schedule because a schedule feels restrictive. It's like a turtleneck, but a time spend, that's breezy. 
What kind of article of clothing is it? Crop job, <laughs> crop job. <laughs> and so at the time spend, I was trying to put everything on paper that I wanted to do. And like you, I want to write in the mornings. And so it was basically a shift because I felt like I had a lot of time after work and I was like tired. And so like you, I'm trying to get up early. So I was very ambitious and I was like 5 a.m. And I was like, that did not work out. So I think next week we're going to try 5.30 and see if I can do better about that. But like Chloe, I have the ideal time spend plan, but I was going to adjust it weekly for like birthdays or happy hours or whatever. If I want to meet my friend in the morning for coffee, okay, then how else am I going to arrange my schedule and shift my time? My friend said once, she said, do what makes it doable. So if getting up at 5am is not good for me, like maybe I'll try 530. And if it's not 530, maybe it's six, but we just got to keep on keeping on, you know? Love it. So I don't know if we call that a win, but participation trophy, we'll give ourselves a participation trophy for that. As long as we get a trophy. Right? This episode of Most Self-Improved will cover parts five and six and the conclusion of Deeper Than Money. How do you feel that now that we've read the book? Are you happy that we read it? I am happy that we read it. I think there are definitely some aspects of it that resonate more with me. Money's neutral, the whole piece around spending and alignment, that really resonated. Some other parts, I'm like, okay, I feel a little too old for this part of the book. Props to her, a millionaire by 27. But I think she makes some really good points around like, you have to change your relationship with this thing we call money in order to allow more of it to flow in. And that feels important and like something not a lot of people talk about. I think it's definitely good that we read this first before we turn to something maybe more specific or dense with more finance knowledge. Perhaps if we read something that was more about how to interpret the stock market or or something like Mm -hmm. that, perhaps you would still be holding on to those former beliefs of money is hard to earn and those sorts of things that would have limited our potential or made us less risk averse. Well, it didn't give you... uh, the tools to make this map of how to become a millionaire in a few years. Like Chloe, I think it was really good foundational information. Totally. Yep. Okay. So let's get into it. Part five, understanding goals begins with chapter 14, your living plan. So a living plan is supposed to be a complement to your retirement plan. Unfortunately, Chloe's mom, who she dedicates the book to, died before she was 65. So this it's about not skimping for a retirement that you might not make it to. Speaking of a living plan, she says that she likes to achieve her goals, quote, but an even bigger priority for me is enjoying the process, which is a very intentional choice. So again, she's just reiterating that we don't have to not live in order to make your financial goals. So she wants you to get clear on three things for your living plan. What things are a priority in your life right now? What things are a priority in your life for the next five to 10 years? And what things are a priority for long-term wealth building the next 20 plus years? She provides the future bajillionaire checklist and bajillionaire because maybe you want to be a millionaire. Maybe you want to be a billionaire. You know, Chloe acknowledges that she doesn't know exactly your goals. So bajillionaire, we'll use that. So one, building your starter emergency fund, one to three months of necessary expenses Two, get your employer retirement match. If applicable, three, pay off your highest interest debt, 10% and over first Four, begin or increase retirement investing. Five, pay off other debt and save for big purchases, car, loan, student plan, 
Six, grow your big baller emergency fund going from one to three months to six to eight months. And then seven, max out retirement accounts and invest outside of retirement accounts. She says for long-term investments, investing inside of your retirement accounts, like your 401k, for example, and getting a tax break on it is a better benefit to you than downloading an investment app and investing outside of your retirement account. However, investing rocks. So if when you maxed out our retirement accounts or you want to do some intermediate term investing, investing outside of retirement is also great. Also in chapter 14, Chloe says she wants you to write down your goals for the next year, listing each priority, what it will cost, and then the date you'd like to complete it by. Is there anything else you wanted to chat about in chapter 14 before we move on? No, let's move on. I like the next chapter. So let's move on. Okay. Chapter 15 is titled Match My Vibe, Elevated or GTFO, which is Get the F Out. Did you like the title? Is that what enticed you? I like the phrase match my vibe, match my energy in all areas of like, in some parts of the book where I was like, are we still talking about money? That happened in the last part of the book where I was like, what what are we talking about? But in general, I like this principle as a principle for life. And I think more people, particularly more women, need to adopt it. Yes. Okay. So Chloe asked the reader, what if it's not just about spending and alignment, but also about spending in a way where every dollar that crosses your path is used to elevate your life. So she does this for clothes. For example, she says, if something doesn't make her say, quote, oh my gosh, I'm going to wear this every day forever, then she doesn't purchase it. And then she also uses this method for relationships, friendships, houses, apartments, jobs, cars, and more. She says, don't be scared that the option in front of you, which might not excite you, is all you're going to get. So I think that's really good, right? Especially if we're dating. You're like, is anybody coming along? Someone else will come. You don't have to settle. Chloe writes, in order to believe that you deserve the things that match or elevate your vibe, you also have to believe that if something doesn't match or elevate your vibe, something else will. When you genuinely believe and expect that you either get the best or better is coming, you continue to attract more things into your life like that. And you set more boundaries around the things that aren't elevating your life. So yeah, I think that's great for me. That makes me think of dating, but yeah, it could be jobs or, or friendships. But I thought that was good. Yeah, no, I liked it. I feel like it's just good advice overall. So then later she gets into what she's calling her villain era and that she completely lost. me. What happened there? So with the villain era, she's not suggesting be like the Joker, right? And the menacing <laughs> part of it, but it's more of the take care of you, put the focus on you, having boundaries, not giving so much of yourself to others so that you're unable to accomplish your goals. And I just didn't, it just didn't, it did not match my vibe. Are you now your own villain? No, I mean, I thought it was a funny name for the chapter. I did like being reminded of Ursula and Cruella. I was like, oh, maybe I should go watch a Disney movie now. It's so funny. She gives this example of like, you know, when you go to dinner and everybody else orders like a steak, you got like an appetizer or something and someone's like, oh, let's split it. And and you don't want to be that like weirdo that's like, no, I'm not going to like pay for all of your steak and cocktails because I had like a water and a piece of bread or something (laughs) for whatever reason. I don't know why you would make that choice if everybody else was (laughs) eating dinner. But she talks about like, here's a really clear way to say like, actually, like, can we not do it like that? Which feels very taboo. Like, I just would cannot imagine doing that. I'd be like, okay, fine. Like, this is where I just lose a little bit. But she's just like, sometimes you have to be a villain. And if you don't want to pay that, you're just very clear. 
She um, also mentioned if a friend wants to borrow money and they haven't paid you back for, you know, the concert tickets or what have you. And she, and your friend says, can you spot me instead of doing it? She's like, you need to say something like, well, you haven't paid me for this and this, and I don't want it to affect our friendship. So I'm not going to give you this money. Yeah. Like, can we settle up first? And it just sounded that like- That feels so hard. It sounded so terrible. It's like, I don't want to do this. But also I'm not like, I'm never that person who's like, oh yeah, everyone Venmo me and I'll pay for the concert tickets because I think you're going to get screwed. And I, if somebody <laughs> does it, I immediately pay them, but I'm never going to be that, I'm never that girl. I'm never the, let me put my card down and everyone, my trust is shoes are too big for that. <laughs> no, it's smart. Cause I have done that. And then you end up being like, is this person ever going to be me yes. back? And then now <laughs> you're the bill collector. I don't want to be in that position. Yeah. No. So no, it feels very, some of the things she's saying to do in your, you know, villain era feel yeah. hard to do, but I get it. I get it why you need to set boundaries, but won't say it's not hard to do. So Part six, understanding boundaries begins with chapter 16, getting alien probed. Financial surprises suck. So in this chapter, Chloe speaks about unexpected expenses. Once she had to go to the hospital and got a bill for about $1,300, which she was so upset about. And she decided she was going to advocate herself and investigate a little bit and ask for an itemized bill. And when she spoke with the billing department, she understood that they had billed the procedure as elective instead of necessary. So after switching that and taking off some other things that she didn't use, her bill went from like $1,300 to $30 within just a six minute phone call. So she wants you to advocate for yourself. And then also she gives you a script for like negotiating credit card interest. If you have a lot of debt on one credit card, she talks about opening another credit card with lower interest and transferring that debt or calling the credit card company and trying to negotiate a better rate because they don't want to lose you because they've made so much money off of you. I thought it was so cool that she was able to do this. When I went to grad school, I remember I got a couple of acceptances and I got one, which was like a full scholarship to the school that I didn't want to go to. It just like wasn't the right school. But I was like, I think I should go here. Because like, you were idolizing I, frugality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then this other school that I wanted to go to, but they like hadn't given me any financial aid. My mom was like, why don't you just call the office and ask? There's no harm in asking the most they can do. And this is what Chloe says, too. There's like no harm in asking and negotiating because you'll just end up in the same place. She was like, why don't you just call and be like, I really want to come here. Is there any way you can give me some more financial aid? And so I was like, oh, this is dumb. Like they're not going to be able to. I called and then they gave me, I think it was 60,000 more dollars of merit aid. And it didn't even take them a second. They were like, let's look into it. And then maybe two days later, I got an email saying like, oh, we'd love for you to come. And we were able to find some more money. And I was like, where, <laughs> like, where was this money? I think it was a call. And then I followed up by email, just like, thank you for talking to me. Like, again, want to reiterate, I'd really like to come here. Such low effort. And it just saved me so much money. I think people do not do this enough where they just like call and ask. And I love that she did this. And she also writes in the book, 80% of medical statements have errors. So just like check everything. You're probably getting overcharged. And listen to your mother because she knows everything. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Cause for me, I would think I give people the benefit of the doubt. So I'm like, well, they're doing the best they, if they could have given me more financially, right. they would have offered I was doing. that. 
Yeah. yeah, exactly. Especially when you're dealing with insurance companies or like big, like they have money. Yeah. You know, these like big companies and big institutions have money. You don't know until you ask. It's amazing. Okay. Chapter 17, money condoms, protecting your wealth. In this chapter, Chloe has advice for how to protect yourself from the unexpected with long-term disability insurance, life insurance, and a will. And she writes about protecting your assets from others, including a section about prenups and also gives flowcharts showing how couples can combine their finances. So this is a very personal question, but have you and your fiance say combined finances we have not yet so we have to talk about all this stuff do you plan to I think so but I will say it makes me especially like getting married later you're like you're not used to anyone all up in your money yeah do you think he's gonna be like why'd you spend money on this or like no I think I'll do that to him (laughs) I'll be like what is this like why is what is this so I don't want to do that and a lot of divorces are caused by money in America I think she says that as well so there's a lot of important stuff in this chapter but it was also one where it's like oh I don't want to think about that prenups what do you think about prenups Oh, I'm all in. If I have money. Really? Yes. If I have oh, I money. Like, I was like, Aaron's too much of a romantic to no, be I, into a prenup. I am. But because I'm so romantic, like I'm not marrying you for your money. If we are married for a very long time and we help each other or gain property or whatever, I think that's different. But if you come in with all this money that I didn't earn or I come in with all this money that you didn't earn, I don't need to give it to you. Why would I have to give it to you? No. Yeah. Protect so yourself. Uh, yeah. Well, because you would hope that you never have to use have to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not marrying you for your money. I'm marrying you because I love you. The money, if you have it, would be nice. Would be nice. Okay, great. (laughs) Chapter 18, titled Start Over. Chloe acknowledges that you won't be spending an alignment all the time. And she wants you to know that that's okay. She just emphasizes two things here. One, you aren't broken. Two, start over. Any goal, wanting to go back to the gym, wanting to write 30 minutes in the morning. Don't sit there and waste time and beat yourself up. Just start over. Start over. Forgive yourself. Start over. And then that's so much better than just sitting there and and getting stuck in this I'm terrible. I didn't do it. I'm not going to do it. This is advice for anything, right? Not just money, but even my like failure to do my things this week. It's just, okay, it's fine. Start over and not punishing yourself too much because people do that. So don't do that. Yeah. I feel like failure is even too, I'm like, oh, well, so we don't have to call it a failure. So, <laughs> seems like a lot. Okay, so moving on to the book's conclusion, Chloe asks the reader to identify something they're going to accomplish. And then words of wisdom from Chloe, which I think are cause for celebration. She writes, you are the girl who gets to be wealthy. You are the girl who takes her wealth and does powerful things for herself, who does powerful things for her family and friends. That's great. That's exciting. That's something to think about and manifest. So final thoughts. Let's get deep on final thoughts on deeper than money. Do you feel better now for reading it? What did you think? I think my relationship with money is one thing that I named as something to work on. While there's still a lot left to learn in terms of the nuts and bolts of like how to make more and all of that, I really appreciate the different frame of mind that she brings to it. I think about money a lot and I feel like it's always in the mindset of why don't I have more? It's so hard to get all of those things that don't feel great. But when we talk about these examples of, you know, a six minute phone call 
like you can save so much or even remembering I had forgotten that story. Right. And like, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, that was amazing. My story about grad school. And so just, there is a ton of money out there and it's not so hard to get. And it is important, you know, she writes about like privilege and all of those things in the book. And I am lucky to have so much of that. But I think money is available to everyone. And having that mindset feels really important before getting into the like nuts and bolts of it. So I am grateful for that aspect of things. No more idolizing frugality. I love that. So your takeaway, no more idolizing frugality. That's my big one. Yeah. I love that. I think too, for me, it seems scary. It's like people have this money, but I don't know how to make that money and everything seems very confusing. And it's like calculus, but like if your life depended on calculus, like it just seems it's too much. So this feels less scary and you can dip your toe in the water and then or submerge further into this lake that is wealth. That's just, <laughs> what, is, what is that? They don't pay me for metaphors. Into the lake that is wealth. <laughs> Good old submerge into wealth lake. Um, yep. So that's the end. Might end there. We might edit it out, but subscribe to Most Self Improved. Leave a five star review. Tell a friend about the show, and you two can wave to each other as your private jets pass each other. We want everyone to make it. Whatever your private jet is, can we just say? Not everyone has to be in an actual private jet, but maybe private jet is a metaphor. However deep your lake wealth <laughs> goes, just meet us there. All we're trying to do is just marginally be better. Just enable us to get the life that we want. That's all we're saying. So follow us on Instagram, most self-improved, all one word. And we will be revealing our next read on Friday. So that's really exciting. And we'd love to know what you're working on and what you'd like to read. And so engage with us there. Let us know. Let us know if you have book suggestions or areas of your life that you'd like to improve. So Bob's any final words that you'd like to leave our listeners with? No, excited to hear what folks are working on and what people want to read. Great. Okay. So goodbye, everyone. I hope you have a great week. And until we splash around again in the lake that is our wealth. <laughs> Bye. 